friends, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Ask the Experts with Alka. I am always amazed of bringing on amazing entrepreneurs, amazing entrepreneurs who are making massive, who are taking massive actions, who are making a dent in the planet to what they are doing today. And I am bringing on my good friend, Dr. Oban Bowen. But without further ado, thank you so much for joining in. So today's episode is about mindset and how we can mm. leverage to and the challenges that we are facing today. How can we overcome those challenges and be great? So before I bring on my, my friend, my guest for today, how did I get started in my journey of podcasts? Now, I love empowerment and empowerment I, as a fitness, um, you know, as an owner of a fitness studio, I had run a very successful studio and I empowered me and my team. We empowered clients to really take home and leverage on their, not only just a physical strength, but also mental and emotional. And we were amazed as to how the clients, how they truly transitioned so empowering and empowerment is truly where i am passionate about and i've had amazing wins but i've also had failures in my life and as i like to always say that it's in the failures that we see the success it's the path that we truly see ourselves becoming so this is how my podcast journey started and Ask the Experts with Alka. I have my good friend, the expert, Dr. Oban Bomi. Dr. Oban, thank you for joining us. Absolutely, Alka, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. Uh, you know, as you were sharing, I kept going back. I'm like, yeah, she is so right. It is really successful people are just those who triumph through the failures and eventually live to talk about it, right? So, <laughs> No, no, not at all. And, you know, once once you journey through it and you've done it repetitively, um, then you're considered to be successful. But it's really just overcoming the last failure. And I, I tell people all the time, like, I'm more afraid of my successes because your successes, when, you, when you're on the top of the mountain, that's when you feel great and you kind of let off the gas. Right. But if you look at race car drivers, there's no cruise control. They're constantly yeah. having to go, right? 500 laps. Right. They got to keep pressing at it, going around hours at a time, little yeah, breaks here. <laughs> exactly, right? Little breaks here, little break there. And it's truly, it doesn't matter how long someone's been racing. It just gives them uh, a better, stronger, more qualified heart and endurance in the race to keep up to the end. Mm -hmm. And a successful person, the mindset of that person is like, listen, I've been here before. I failed before. I've done this before. I know I can do this because I have the other failures, the scars to show it that I've persevered through some previous failures to now get to this success. And now I want to do it again and again and again and again. So as you were sharing, I was just like, oh, so what a champion. So I appreciate you and thank you for having me on. Thank you, Dr. Obam. Now, Dr. Obam, you've had an amazing journey. You've accomplished so much in your life. You were, you know, you had a purple heart. You were in the Marines. And being in the Marine also gives you the sense of discipline. It acquires you, not just physically, but mentally. You, you have to be, you have to have that discipline. You do, it, it, you know, the mentally, spiritually, emotionally. And I always share it in success and a lot of the programs I teach that discipline 
is the bridge between success and failure. Mm -hmm. So when you think about it every single day, it doesn't matter what it is. I mean, you got up today. um, I'm sure whatever time you got up, you probably got your workout. You probably got your healthy breakfast uh, or a snack in between and now to lunch to prepare for this interview. There's a couple of things that you had to do in the discipline somewhere along the line today from when you got up to now, something probably said, you know what? Eh, I don't want to do this or I don't want to do whatever, but it's that discipline that gives you that that chance to be consistent in pursuing whatever it is that you're going to do to continue doing your show, you know, learn or ask with uh, Alka. As you do this, this podcast, as you do more of these, there's going to be days where you don't want to do it, but you still have to get up and do it. And if you don't have the discipline every single day, crossing that bridge of discipline to, to really hold the two together, here's success, here's failure. Mm-hmm. You don't cross that bridge, then you're just going to be on the side of failure. Right. And success is really just just moving from failure to failure without losing enthusiasm. Right. And discipline is the thing that holds that together the entire time. Exactly. It's that glue. It is. It really is. Holds everything together. Now, we have known each other for a long time. It's been, what, four or five years? But actually, it's been about six. It's it's going on. This is 2022. (laughs) Wow. Where's the time gone? (laughs) Yeah, because when you think about it, it's about um, almost two years before our daughter was born, Miracle, and she's four now. So that's about six years. Wow, that is amazing. I know it's 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 been a while. <laughs> amazing and miracle. She's just grown absolutely beautiful. But I'm gonna touch on miracle and I'm gonna touch on uh when we talk about the environment. But as a decorated marine, Dr. Obam, um being in the marine, a decorated marine, you know, you served um you served your life and you've served and you've seen every part of what people are doing and when it comes to entrepreneurs. You've seen, um, you know, when you and Anna were in that moment when you lost everything, you were homeless. But what I want to touch on is not where people are today, whether you're rich, poor, uh, you were homeless. That's not the conversation today. But what is the conversation is when I look at and when I, you know, I've read Think and Grow Rich, Chapter Three, Desire. Now, when you and Anna were in that threshold uh, where you didn't know as to where to make ends meet, how important was it that we need to have that desire? So what was that definite moment what was that moment in your life in your lives at that moment that made you both realize this was not the place that you wanted to be there was so much better out there yeah well you know it's it's well you just took me back but so before I jump into that I'll say this though if you don't that desire is very very strong and coping it's the pulling so we're either pushed by pain Mm-hmm. Or we're pulled by a vision. So that vision is is your desire is drawn to that vision, right? Which will get you up. I mean, you have to have the discipline enough every day to cross the bridge to go and accomplish this, the, the thing. But if you're not committed, you will never get started. So you have to be committed to that vision. You have to be committed to that desire. And if you're not consistent, you'll never finish. So yeah. for for knowing, keeping that in mind with us, it wasn't both of us together. That that spark moment wasn't both of us together. It was me first. It was me finding out what the vision was uh, because there were there were the times where my wife was like, listen, I'm done. This is not for me. I'm out of it. And we had uh, 
I would say, a very dis uh, aggressive discussion, which we would call an argument, right? But in that, well, in that discussion, yeah, right, right. So, <laughs> in that discussion, I had told her, I said, listen, you've supported me through everything I've done. Mm -hmm. And now that I've chosen um, a field where I believe will bring us the desires of my heart for our benefit financially, spiritually, emotionally, you're telling me no. Well, you know what? Goodbye. See you. Sayonara. We're done. And you know, it's funny. So my wife looked at me. She paused. It was like a very awkward like minute. It seemed like it was an hour. It was only about a minute though. But she looked at me <laughs> and she said, well, I was just testing you. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> And I, you know, I was like, you know, one eight hundred frustration. Um, yeah, I, so I, 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 I kind of sat there and it's really this, this, all of this was because you was testing me. And, and to this day, I don't know if it was, if it was true she was testing me, or it was just like at that moment she's like, well, he's really serious about this, so I guess I should support him. Either way, I would never know, but she never backed down and she joined in that moment. So for me, it was almost about six months into that process, believing every day, getting up, having the discipline, staying consistent, right? Being, showing up consistently with a good attitude over a long period of time. And that period of time when I was like really ready to go to the next level, that test and that commitment was put into question. That's when my wife was like, you know what? Nope, not going to happen. But from that moment on, she supported and she then she was still supporting for about maybe 80%. She wasn't 100% in yet, right? So okay. she was still supporting about 80%. Still testing. Still testing. Still, still testing, right? And then, <laughs> right, but here's the deal. She tests, so does the universe, so that, in, and I'm cursing it in my belief. But, mm -hmm. and I tell mm -hmm. people all the time, the moment you say something that you want to do, it's, it's going to be tested. So God goes to work, the devil goes to work. Both of them are working to test you to see if that's something you really want to do. So it comes back to if you're not committed, you won't start. And if you're not consistent, you won't finish. If you don't have the discipline, you won't get from failure to failure without losing enthusiasm. So understanding that, she put me to this test. She says, well, if you want me to support you in this, whatever we were doing at the time, she says, then you're going to have to do this. And I'm going like, I'm going to have to do this within three months. It was basically qualified for being in, in one of the top 1% of a company we were working with in the direct sales industry to qualify for an all-inclusive paid trip, which I was working on doing for five years and it didn't work. So she's like, if you want my support, you'll do it in the next 90 days. And I'm like, what? That's, that's so, a stress test. <laughs> right? I'm, I'm telling you, that was, that was the ultimate test. So now it's like, do I want it and do I want my relationship? Well, obviously I proved her right, I guess. Um, so when we qualified for the trip and then three months after that, so six months later was when the trip actually happened. We're sitting in um, the, we're sitting at the pool, having a few drinks with the owner of the company, several other multimillionaires that I looked up to as um, some of the experts and some of, my mentors for years that I re I sat there and I had this realization like, huh, I'm finally here. And that week and a lot of the stuff that I've done, most of them give me some advice, which returned into my book. It was after that trip and my wife says, that's it, I'm, I'm in. So it, it took basically an entire year. First, my six months of commitment to go in and then her tests and their tests. 
for her to, to say yes. And at that moment, that's when both of us kind of had that moment in. But from that day till this day, she's never questioned anything else or done anything else. And that was 17 years ago. So, you know, she, she's given me the support. She, she's, she, you know, spanked me when I needed it. And... <laughs> Which is a good thing sometimes. Yeah, which is a very good thing. <laughs> well, you know what? It is a it is a good thing sometimes. You know, we we need that spanking to put ourselves. We do. We do. Uh, you know, we need that spanking to really um, to not only to prove to ourselves, but to prove to our partner, and you know how much we are committed to achieving for both of us. And Anna, yeah. she, she's absolutely wonderful. She's absolutely wonderful. Um, she I've, is. I've got and to- you know, when 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 you go when you go back to it, you have to look at see my personality, and that's what she she's really good at. She studies sociology, which is behavior of groups of people, right? Yeah. And the the group she grew up in were all athletes. My wife was an Olympic athlete, so she she should run her. Um, she grew up as yeah, she grew up as a runner. Her dad trained uh, Olympic athletes. In fact, her. Um, pace runner was um Desiree Linden who's who's also become the first American woman to um win the Boston Marathon since like 1936 right she's a sponsored runner now that's pretty much all she does and my my wife grew up in that environment where she's always pushing the limits testing the limits so for her I mean, understanding my background as a Marine, very competitive, always got to be number one. So she was a number one. So she was basically just challenging and challenging and always challenging. Still to this day, still challenges me. Right. So I probably won't. Exactly. I I won't have I wouldn't have had a lot of the success or maintained it a lot if I didn't have someone that was that close, that was always pushing me, calling me out on my crap to make sure that I stay to the promise and stick to it whenever I make it, because she's naturally competitive. Mm -hmm. So what she was doing was what she was taught to do, what she knew how to do. Right. As an athlete, she had a specific regimented discipline of what she ate, what she did. So it was great every day to get up and just be challenged by her still to this day. So, you know, we we have it. We still work out and do things together when we can now that Miracle is in the picture. Uh, but so now we switch off schedules. Like she goes early, I go after, or I go first and she goes after. So yeah, someone yeah. is still taking care of her. Or sometimes we'll go together and take the bob and just run or exercise or whatnot. But all the days start with the same basic disciplines. That's amazing. And, you know, that's a great start. Um as two people uh, who are competitive, uh, you know, she's been competitive as an athlete, you are competitive in your own space as a decorated Marine. Um, Thank you. Requires, uh, absolutely. So it requires a lot of discipline. But, it does. Uh, but do you find, though, two people, because sometimes when two people are competitive, they can sort of butt heads. They don't, Some some someone, a, a male or female, will not support one another. So do you find at times that can be that, um, you know, people kind of like fall apart because they're kind of butting heads. They don't see each other's viewpoints. Yeah, they, I, I find that a lot with, a, with, with many individuals, probably about 98% of the folks. You have to be able to figure out uh, what, between my wife and I, what was the struggle in the beginning? And, and um, she's not passive. She may seem that way. She's just She's just a very good observer. Mm-hmm. And she she measures things before she acts. Right. So one of the, the, the things that worked for us very early on was being able to know our lanes when when it comes to like competing, 
we both know like I'm, I'm bigger, stronger, whatever, but we would still compete, right? To the level and degree that, that we can. But when we would run and compete together, I was like, all right, here's the deal. If we're going to do a 200 meter. You're going to start at like 25 or 35. So I had to work harder, which is almost like that disadvantage for a sprinter, right? right. So we, we compete at the level that we can. Mm -hmm. If we start together, then, you know, I would go, I would tease her, do whatever. But we found our balance. And in business, our balance was more of, she's more of the person that understands her strength in the background. So 90% of me looking amazing and marketing and all this other stuff online, it's really my wife in the background with her strength. So we put her in her lane to support and make me look good like the shiny thing because she doesn't like to be the one up front. Like even when she was running, she would run. The race is over, done. I don't want to be with the crowd. I'm gone. I did what I have to do. Me, I'm the person that would be there hanging around like, hey, high five everybody else. Yeah, let's talk about the next run. My wife's like, nope, run is over. I'm done. I'm gone. Right. So it's it's being able to understand um, your strengths and how to stay in your strengths. So mm -hmm. I'm never that person that says, you know, I want to work on my weaknesses. No, I want to find someone whose strength is my weakness and utilize that. So for my wife and I, her strength is really doing a lot of the administration, the logistics, the things that make it happen. Mine is be out there speaking, training, conducting when it comes to business. So I stay in my lane. She stays in her lane. We both are competitive. And when she does her best, it makes me do my best. When I do my best, it helps her best on the back end. But for us physically, we do the best we can to exhaust ourselves. That's how we compete. Like, how many did you do this time instead of just competing against each other? Because it's an unfair advantage mm -hmm. depending on our, 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 you know, individual build as an individual. So with so many athletic personalities or so many competitive personalities, husbands and wives can butt heads if they never get in the beginning what their strengths are and focus on those with each other instead of just competing all around. Exactly. And I think coming back to that point is you need to have that understanding. I think that understanding needs to be uh, talked about initially. What is my lane? What are my strengths? And what is your lane? What are your weaknesses? And what are your strengths? And when you figure that out and, you know, you each other talk about it, I think communication, because Dr. Obam, you, you, you studied, um, you know, the mind, when it comes to the mind, you've studied, you know, when it comes to entrepreneurs. And so to understand each other requires, it takes a lot. And it does. So what the point that I'm trying to get to is when you don't understand, when people don't understand each other as to what is what are their lanes, where do they need to be on so that the other person can really do what they're good at. As you said, you know, your strengths are being out there. You're you're there in the front. You're there in the front line. Exactly. Doing your your meetings and business, etc. And she's at the back. Yeah, and, and she loves that. If she, if she has to go up and speak, she'll constantly she if if with a topic that has, let's say, 10 things to cover. Mm -hmm. I can easily cover that within an hour. She'll do it in five minutes. Right. So it's just like this is what it is, and this is what you do. My role would be being able to explain it and step by step show you what to do so it's easy to get. And for my wife, it's like, listen, in order to run your race and run an effective three miles, she'll mm -hmm. tell you, well, hydrate, eat well, rest, and repeat. 
Yeah. That would be it. But when I'm telling you to eat nutritionally, I'll have to break down what you need to eat as a runner. Right. My wife will tell you, here are the four things you need to do. (laughs) (laughs) And that's it. I'm done. Right. So because for her, the rest of it, eating healthy is is understood. It's what she's done all her life. So she tend to think that's what everyone does or can do. It's like, oh, hey, just eat healthy. And so me, like, honey, what is eating healthy? So all these things I have to learn because my background, I, I didn't grow up as an athlete. I, I grew up as a very heavy set kid before I joined the Marine Corps. And when I finally joined the Marine Corps, I worked out two to three times a day for 20 years. So I ate whatever I wanted. Right. Didn't matter. Then after I retired and started working out only once, I started putting on weight. Like, what's going on? Well, that's because you've eating whatever you want to eat. My wife's been telling me for years, like, stop eating that stuff. It's not good for you. I'm like, oh, it's it's good. And then I start realizing, listen, I'm eating this. She's eating this. We go out for dinner. I got, you know, so much meat and she's got salad, maybe and salmon. And and I'm looking at her plate. It's like two pounds and mine is like seven. That's probably why, brother. (laughs) I would say so, too. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so it's 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 understanding uh, and being able for me uh, to be communication is really twice of, of observing and once really speaking. Right. Speech is really only seven percent of communication. Right. We communicate more in our body language, tonality, all these things that, that we know. The speaking is not really communicating. That's just getting the message out. But sometimes we can say to someone, like, for example, I can say, you know what? If I'm upset, my wife says, I love you. She's like, no, you don't. Well, I communicated. I told you I love you. But the expression, the tonality, mm-hmm. that says something different. Different, yeah. So it, it's my, my challenge uh, had been for years learning how to communicate. And because my wife is such a good communicator, I learned a lot from her example. Now I'm an, I'm an amazing communicator. And most folks think like, oh, yeah, it was it was always me. It wasn't always me. <laughs> I learned from her. <laughs> well, that's great. You know, you know what's really good is that you pick up on cues. And I think that's important, too, as, you know, husband and wife or, you know, as partners, that you need to pick up on cues. So what someone has said or what someone is saying or what someone is experiencing, if the other person can can know as to how they're feeling. So communication, I think everything stems from communication. Yeah, and I think, you know, you're right that that piece, I'm very observant. And a lot of that came from my time in the Marine Corps, what what we did as um, as an, basically an infantryman most of my time, we had to observe the enemy, right? And know not literally what they're doing, but what they're doing, what is the intention from what they're doing and how will that affect us? So it was being able to observe and then anticipate. And through observation and anticipation gives you a mode of how to actually act. So when I'm dealing in my relationship, it was the observation and anticipation of like, if she's doing this or saying this, what is that going to lead to? And what kind of trouble am I going to get into if I don't <laughs> pay attention? <laughs> I love that. What kind of trouble? Are you what kind of trouble am I going to get into? <laughs> exactly. It's like, you know, beware because you never know. It's like what someone is um, going to be, you know, thinking as to what you're doing. Exactly. What you're not doing what you're not doing. So, yeah. so 
Yeah, so, yeah. No, I, I was going to say there, so I wrote, um, there's only two things you need to know about women. I figured them out completely. Number one is I don't know. And number two is I'm still finding out. So that's what. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I think that, I think that goes a long way as to what, uh, you know, what people really need to just understand. And the more understanding right. that we have, I think we're going to be in a good place. But Dr. Obama, what I the point that I want to also touch on is when, because we know our potential and working with entrepreneurs and working with the mind, I think the mind is the more most complex. The mind is, it is. you know, and as you know, you know, people is understanding one another is, is very complex. But the point that I want to make is we all know our potential. We know where we want to go. We know our potential. And But quite often when we are faced with challenges, adversities and challenges, in your opinion, do you feel that there is a stepping stone? There are stepping stones that we need to get to to get to our greatness. What do you think? Yeah, you know, so <clears throat> kind of taken back. I, I'm actually just finished writing a chapter on this in my new book. This is why Christians are broke. Um, about that that same piece of potential and how we get to the next level, especially for entrepreneurs, right? We're all born with the same God-given potential, which means we all have the ability to do whatever. And what one person did, another can do. But the same very things we spoke about in the beginning. So that potential, each of us are born with the same potential. You think of your brain as <clears throat> this computer. When you bring a new computer program, it comes with a base program. And so the base program for us is all the emotions and things that we would experience. So we come with that core programming. From that point on, everything we learn is what we collect and store. And what we collect and store as data is how we're going to perform as a human being, as a person, as an individual. Whatever programs you download on that computer is effectively what that computer can do. So here you have one person who's collected and stored enough information, specialized knowledge on investing. So they can go out and invest. They're not going to invest and do great in the first. Like for you, I know one of your focuses has been real estate as of recent. So you're spending a lot of time in, on real estate. You've learned a lot. You've had some disappointments, but you're continuing to go and grow and go and grow and go and grow. And you're starting to have little wins, bigger wins, better wins. You're receiving coaching and counseling. And it's been almost a year. If you continue that for five years, that's about 10,000 hours of putting into, into that specialized knowledge, which makes you the expert, right? Malcolm Gladwell wrote about it in his book, Outliers, the second chapter, talk about the law of 10,000 hours. So mm -hmm. right now you're putting in your, your 10,000 hours to be the master in that space of real estate and real estate investing and all these things. So now you have another person who have, would have zero experience that wants to come and do what you're doing after your 10,000 hours, which is unfair. Though they have the potential to do it, Right. They still to do it as effectively as you. They still need to go through the 10,000 hours and do it, or they could hire you to help them do it, which would bring down their learning curve. And, and this is where people fail most of the times. They want to do exactly what you're doing, but they don't know your struggle. They don't know your background. They don't know your 10,000 hours. Though they have the same potential, most of them are not willing to have the discipline every day to do what you did to get what you got. So it kind of takes them takes them back. It's disheartening 
they now go through the failures, they lose enthusiasm, so they never finish. And the huge difference between successful people and unsuccessful people is successful people finish what they start. Right. That's that's really all it is. Even though we all have the same potential to do the exact same things, it all depends on what program we put into ourselves, what specialized knowledge we put into ourselves, right? In, in the Christian faith, right, in, in the Bible, God says, listen, my people suffer for the lack of knowledge, right? <laughs> right? Yeah. It's not anything else but the lack of knowledge. Yeah. So mm-hmm. It's like if you don't know how to earn or generate a million dollars a year, then you will never generate a million dollars a year. True. Yes. Right. Because if you earned a million dollars in a calendar year and someone took that money from you, the knowledge you have will send you to go back and do it again. That's right. Mm-hmm. right? So it is right. So you're, you're in that process as a realtor going through and becoming that person you're putting in your 10,000 hours. And when you're the master in that space, someone said, well, Oh, it's, it's so easy. Like I could do it. Well, no, <laughs> Not really. Right. Even though you have the potential, then they'll say, well, okay, it's so easy for you. And then you say, well, not really. You know, you weren't there when I had these tenants that did this, that did X. I lost this amount of money. That Y happened. And I still continue to pursue. You weren't there when I thought I was going to get this much and it was that much. And then tenants took me to court, wanted to sue because of this and all this other stuff. And then all of a sudden I continued. I stayed the course. I got coaching. I got mentorship. I learned a few things from those who put in their 10,000 hours and then it finally hit. So now anything in the space I could deal with, it's not that easy, but it is simple. It's not that easy. You're right. There's so much that goes into it and people don't realize that <laughs> where, you, like where you are today, Dr. Oman, where you are today, a good accomplished um, entrepreneur and accomplished uh, you know, a decorated Marine and you accomplish it and you're still accomplishing. You're still riding, you know, doing amazing right now. Thank you. And yeah, there's right. no stopping. <laughs> and, and absolutely. And there's no stopping. Exactly. And you shouldn't, you shouldn't. But the point that really sets people apart is also knowing that the potential that we have, we all have, but it's also in our perspectives. Because something right, because some person might say, "Well, I I can't do this," and then the other person might say, "Well, I can do this. I'm doing this, and I have done amazing. I've got ten properties." Yeah. So, Doctor Obama, do you feel though? Do you find that in in everything that people what they are doing and what people are striving for that is in the perspective of how we see ourselves? Of yeah, it is in the perspective. Living? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because listen, um, leaders are born out of crisis. So w- w- when you look at it, it for example, um, so my, my grandfather on my father's side was Chinese. Um, I studied Cantonese, studied the Chinese um, culture and language. You know, there's there's no word in the Chinese language for the word like uh, crisis. Um, the way they see crisis, the best English translated word is opportunity. So where we see crisis, oh, it's bad, I can't do it. The Chinese see opportunity. We can be mad at them. Look at this is why China's taking over the world because every crisis is an opportunity for them. So, right. So that perspective is different because of of how they were programmed to see opportunity. There's no such word in their vocabulary. All they see is an opportunity. Now, here's the person that says, well, here's what's going on in the world. Like, man, it's, it's bad. The leaders show up. And they understand that 
in this crisis license opportunity, every business is, is to fix a problem. There is no business that started that started without a problem. The business must solve a problem. That crisis has to have a solution. So business owners, entrepreneurs, which it's a French word and it's originality, which means one who takes risk, they're the person taking the risk, going to solve the problem, fixing the crisis for a fee. That's a business. Mm-hmm. Right. And it, so that, that takes care of, of that piece. It's, they're stepping up to be that leader. And here's the deal. We all have the potential to be a leader. We all have the potential and the ability to study and do the same things. What makes you different than me is what you've studied. What makes me different from you is what I've studied. But it's not just the study, it's the application. It's the application. Absolutely. Right? Mm-hmm. There's information, knowledge, and wisdom. Information is what you take in. Knowledge is what you gain when you take it in. Wisdom is what you get after you take action on that knowledge. That's wow. the difference. That's beautiful. Absolutely. Exactly. And if we don't implement on that, well, then we are lost. Exactly. Because we are either not willing to take the knowledge, the application, uh, which is very important. Um, so, you know, what brings me to the point of entrepreneurs. Now, as entrepreneurs, um, what what in your mind defines a great entrepreneur from an entrepreneur from a good entrepreneur or an entrepreneur that is taking massive actions? What? Yeah. what what is because the leaders are leaders on are, are leaders born or are you a born a leader or are you a created into a leader? Yeah, I, I, all leaders are developed because um, we're all born with the same abilities. And um, that leader is that person who is really uh, the person that gets ticked off about something and is willing to stand up and take action for it and then lead others. Le- leaders provide. Um, courage where there's cowardice. Leaders provide direction where there's none. They provide a vision where no one has a vision, right? They provide direction where someone is lost. That's what leaders do. Uh, but they, they aren't born with it. it it's, it's one of those things where they look around and it's like, listen, uh, one of us has got to lead this thing. One of us has got to do this thing to step out. So when you're looking at, in a sense, the baby entrepreneur to the matured entrepreneur, it's just the same as a... <clears throat> A child and an adult. That adult entrepreneur is the is the person is the one entrepreneur that is comfortable with risk, because mm-hmm. the word itself means one who takes risks. So after you start taking risks, you start failing. You start realizing what works and what doesn't work. Well, the longer you become an entrepreneur and you stay in the space instead of going to get a safe, secure job, is you now get into what's called a hypothesis of opportunities which a hypothesis, as you know, is an educated guess. So whenever you, as an investor, you know, you look at an investor deck for a property from what it costs for the property, what it's going to cost for repairs, what it's going to cost for cash flow, and what's going to be for profit, right? So the average person might look, hey, I like this house because it looks real nice. And they might buy the house because it looks real nice. It's a real nice area. But with you looking at, listen, when was this house built? What's the foundation? How? What does it look like for cash flow? They might look and it has this real nice interior and they like it and they buy it. 
But you look at it and you have it inspected and check's like, listen, this thing is rotting from the inside out. It's going to cost me so much money to repair it over. That's probably not a good place just because it looks great. But it was built in the Elizabethan era. So it's about to fall apart. But with you, you know, it's like, listen, if you're selling me this thing for 100000 you need to break it down to fifty because it's going to cost me seventy five alone just to put it in. So I'm already going to be 25 over. So you're taking a hypothesis on that with someone just said, well, this is so pretty. And if you do that the first time, you're really like, oh, man, I guess I should have known. So the next time you do it, you'll learn. You'll look at another house and you'll say, well, you know, the last time I did this, this is what I found out. Well, here's what I need to know about this, 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 and this. This, 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 and this. And the longer you go, the more detailed you become. So then you look at all your deals and you create your own standard operating procedure of how you will build a list. So the baby entrepreneur is the entrepreneur that's going to rush in, right, and go there and they learn. The senior entrepreneurs, the one who've already learned, and they know they have a system by which they put everything, in a sense, to a lens or to a funnel to come through to look at a deal, to look at an offer, to look at an opportunity. It's not just pure emotions. It's now measured. And through that measurement gives them the understanding of, listen, if I want to do this, I'm no longer emotionally attached. Now I'm just looking at the numbers. I'm looking at if this is going to be a cash flow uh, decision or it's going to be a hobby. And right. hobbies cost you money, but businesses gain you profits, right? So. They sure do. <laughs> and you want to be in the line of profits. Exactly. Print the wealth. <laughs> but with wealth, I mean, it, it comes with time. So uh, people need it does. Right, it needs to be time, and so Dr. about you've um, you've amassed so much success, which is what I wanted to come have you come on and share with our viewers as to su the success that you've had and what that truly feels like. Because success comes, but success can go easily as well if we are right. not careful. Right, if we're not careful, could you walk through those steps that you have? seen in your life from where you were where you had started you have been in the marine corps how has that affected your life today how do you see your life today it's a two-part question how do you see your no. life today and where do you see your life going in the next five in the next five years yeah thank you so man well how, how did it all That's start question with yeah, right. That's that's a question that I have to go back into some reflection here to, to answer that question. But um, I'll put it this way. Break it down into three three categories. Right. So there, there's poor, rich and wealthy um, and poor, uh, poor in the poor mindset. Right. Doesn't necessarily mean poor as in like fine. It's going to be the poor mindset. And where I was there in the beginning, everything was first focused on money. It was all money, 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 money. Right. Poor people always they're always talk about money. Rich people talk about things. Hey, look at my house, look at my car, look at my boat, look at my plane, look at my jet, look at my this. Hey. Right. So it's all the things that they've done. And wealthy people talk about ideas. Because literally, it's ideas that create and print money. Uh, the wealthy person is the person that actually sees a forest inside of a, a seed, right? Most people don't have the ability to see even the tree inside of a seed. But the wealthy person sees, how do they see the forest? They see the seed, and they know that if they plant the seed, it becomes a tree that springs fruit, that has more seeds, that plants to become, right? And they see the forest inside of the seed. So the wealthy person is the person that understands the vision, knows how to expand it, extrapolate it, and then utilize it to gain more. So they focus more on ideas. We're here on this Zoom platform, which was an idea someone had. 
And when COVID hit, Zoom became the number one platform in the world. It was like literally like number 17, yeah. right? Yeah. And so the idea that they took and they ran with it because they were already prepared. They saw a world eventually being able to use this, but COVID hit and immediately there was nothing that was there. Skype was good, but Skype didn't have to do the, the, the power to do what they did. And they started adapting as they went. Now they're creating a next generation and all kinds of stuff around it. So for me, in my process, I got through the, the struggle of where everything was all about the money and couldn't get enough. But the thing is, when you when you seek and you pursue money, you you never get enough of it. Right. Right. Fortunately, I got to that point where you have a lot of money, go to shopping or buy just about every color of the same shirt. I had, I had them all. The the house we live in, the, I told you that we're, we're actually selling now. It's been for 10 years. All it became was a huge storage unit right. for, for stuff. Right. Recently, we just gave away. I, I can't tell you how much stuff to Goodwill and sure other Right, I'm just giving stuff away because I got past that money and the second part of things. Right, I, I've had the exotic cars and the, the other stuff that that stuff means nothing to me now. If I wanted, I could go rent it and use it or lease it, whatever. And where I'm going is kind of in the transition of where I'm at because I'm now it's ideas. Whereas in life for me, my form of giving back is we help entrepreneurs um, create purpose-driven businesses, right? So that they can have what we call purpose-driven paydays. That's for them to take their ideas, their intellectual property, turn it into something. We take them through a five-step process. That idea into what's called your standard operating procedure or here, listen, for the average entrepreneur, your book that turns into a course, that turns into a, a workshop, a seminar, a mastermind. Now you have different streams of income from the same idea, mm -hmm. right? So wealthy people focus on ideas. If it's just... There's a project where uh, I'm investing in in Dubai that was an idea. It is a green living facility. It's an extremely large financial project. But wow. there's several of us who had that idea. So now I'm in that space. But for me, where I'm going to next is my wife and I want our daughter to ex experience uh, history, not to learn history, but experience it. So we're traveling for the next you know, three to five years. That's that's where we're going, because now I'm past the money, the things I'm into the ideas because the ideas is what changes tomorrow. If you carry the tomorrow, you get the idea today and you work it out until it happens. Absolutely. And I love that. It's so it's pretty much you need to have a vision. Wealthy people have visions. They're visionary. Always. Right? Always. Absolutely. And so by having success and the successes that you have amassed, Dr. Obama, it's just absolutely fantastic it's just phenomenal to you know when I, i've seen your growth and thank you and where you've been on your journey your journey is just so inspirational so as a visionary that's what successful people are always looking to they're always looking for one idea they have an idea and they're looking for the brains are always working they they have like 10 ideas coming in the forefront so always always and and so dr obama now you are doing retreats so as you look at your life i uh, is the retreats more of a focus that it's going to be like more of a central focus that you want to uh enjoy the life right now with that uh, oh, with anna yeah so that's Erica? that that's a part of it but speaking of which you know like like this so this book this here yeah my wife gifted this to me um nine years ago okay and it says, some people dream of success while others wake up and work hard at it. 
Wow, I love that. So, um, this I keep on all the time. I said this is this is my ideas book, mm -hmm. right? Still mm -hmm. have it. In here was my, you know, which makes my first million dollar check. Right. Um, another another gift from my wife that was her telling me like you need to go do it right so you know it's, it's not that I'm that smart right it's just I got great encouragement so right. this this in this entire book this is the most valuable thing that I have because inside of this book there's ideas in here mm -hmm. since the year she gave it to me right to this date now probably about a third of these we have acted upon created accomplished and there's still more to go That's right amazing. wow uh so it, it it's being able to, to keep that at hand and have those ideas and I have some ideas that are completely thought out that i've not yet even uh jumped into it's peace for myself to sometimes find the right person to build a business which is why i have lots of business partners because some of these ideas i have them all full but i don't have the time and day and the energy to do it so i'd rather have a business partner work out a, a, a agreed upon. And for me, I, I have three different business agreements I, I use, which is 10, 30, or 50%, depending on the level that I need to be involved um, in the company to operate. Many of those ideas have become other companies. But when you ask about those those retreats, that's it's a passion of mine. The reason we love to do those is it gives us uh, about four days to spend depending on which one it is if we do the ones that are like our entry level it's four days we do the ones that our mastery level is an entire week so mm -hmm. we get either four days or an entire week with you immersed away from the rest of the world without the distractions of life and this and that all this other craziness right. so we can get someone in a sense hyper focus and compressed time frames onto whatever the vision is for them to get them where they need to be and the thing that some people understand, you have to think like, I got to have this one grand vision. And the truth is, your vision will always change at every level. And at every level, you get closer to the vision. So, for example, let's say your vision is 100%. When you get to 25%, it changes again because now you have a different awareness. Your mind have expanded. You now will expand that vision. So you will never you will die accomplishing your vision. You will never achieve it. You will achieve parts of it because it'll continue to morph. And the truth is you should never, because every time you grow, it should expand. If it doesn't expand, yeah. it's just showing that the contraction of your mind is settling for mediocre. So you put a reach a plateau that it doesn't allow you to, it's exactly. like a as well. it doesn't allow you to go any further perhaps. In That's a sense. So for example, if your vision is a hundred steps, when you get to 10, you need to stretch it out to another 100. So you're never catching that 100. When you do get to that first 100, though, you're still 100 in front of you, but now you're working on the second 100, but it's still always 100. So mm -hmm. if your goal, some people say, like, you know, it's my goal is to do 100 push-ups. If I, I could only do, like, 50 push-ups, if my goal is to do 100. So you, you, you know that now you have to go past 50 right. twice to get to that goal. Well, right. once you get to that hundred, it's yeah. no longer your goal. You've accomplished it. Do you stay mm -hmm. at a hundred? Just do a hundred? Because the muscle doesn't grow and get stronger after a hundred. Right. Now it's 110. To give a hundred percent, somebody said, well, if my goal was a hundred percent and I do 200 push-ups, did I do 200 percent? No, you did a hundred percent. A hundred percent is always the best that you can do. There is no such thing as 110%, 120%. Stupid. For the folks who are like, man, I give 110. No, you don't. You gave hundred percent for the first time. Right? That's, that's what that is. Let's leave it at that. <laughs> I'll just leave it there. <laughs>
I know it's a hundred percent. No, I'm I'm just saying is that yeah, you know, hundred uh, percent is where people max. Um, you know, that should be exactly. the max, right. That should be the max. Right, that so, is the max. Absolutely, and that's the max, and that's where we reach. So, as you take miracle, and she's turning four. She's she's four now. She's four now. Yeah. She's growing so beautifully. I, I thank you. Seen her pictures. So. As you take Miracle, and now that you and Anna and Miracle are traveling more now, as you've sold your home, and you're taking Miracle, and what I love absolutely is your environment, because our environment is nothing but our looking glass. And I absolutely love this, what Bob talked about, uh, that your environment is nothing but your looking glass. And for Miracle, for you to, for Miracle to experience everything that you, uh, Dr. Obam, um, that you have accomplished, she's watching you because kids, they watch. They're like sponges. They do. They absorb, they do. <laughs> they absorb and watch everything, uh, whether it's good or bad that adults are doing, but they absorb and they watch that. So for Miracle and watching you, the seminars that you put on um, with these amazing entrepreneurs, how important is developing the mind of a young child how important is your mind their mind to their success in life absolutely that, that's such a wonderful question and we are 100 percent committed to her development to becoming the best version um she can be right uh, and we always say uh, you know environment is stronger than willpower mm -hmm. so keeping her in the environment um to, to go deeper into that it's you know if you hang around nine broke people you're going to be the 10th because that's how they think, you know, the actions. And you might think like, you know what, I'm the smartest in the group, so it doesn't really matter. But what you don't realize is you're not being stimulated by growth. You're being stimulated by decrease. So mm -hmm. you don't see the unconscious decreases you're having. You hang around nine people who smoke, you're the 10th with lung cancer. Even you don't have to smoke, right? But you'll have lung cancer too. So the, the, the effects will happen for you. And it's the same way if you hang around nine positive people, you're the 10th. Same thing. So with her, she has a chance to hang around nothing but positive driven mm -hmm. individuals from right. birth. An example of just um, so her and I was in the bed when my wife and I, we switch off, like I told you earlier in the mornings. Right. So my wife came back to switch with me and her. So she came back. She gave me a kiss. And then, oh no, she gave Miracle a kiss. And, and so Miracle grabbed her by, by the head, back of the hands because yeah, kiss dad. You remember, he's your husband, right? right oh, so, <laughs> right. So these are the things that she's observing and going. It's just like, cause she kissed her and she was actually going to go and, and spit, right? Whatever. Cause you know, she just came back from working out and she's like, okay, in a second, let me go spit. She's like, no, kiss him now. <laughs> <laughs> That's so sweet. <laughs> All right. But understanding that for every computer garbage in garbage out garbage you put out, good, yeah. good come out so uh, when you were talking about her watching me actually um teach and train i was doing an event uh last year last december and she was sharing everything i was sharing now for the average child it will just been like repeating now i got i'm very passionate when i teach and yeah. as I was teaching, I said a bad word. The bad word was S-H-I-T, right? And she was repeating and everything I said. Yes. And she called, she says, uh, Dad, you said a bad word, right? So, 
<laughs> so she's repeating everything I said up until we got to that point. Like when I said the word shit and she was like, dad, you said a bad word. So I apologized. And then I corrected myself and moved forward. In there, I was showing her, number one, I respect what you're saying because I taught you that that was bad and I did it. So forgive me. So at home, we call her the vocabulary police. When we say stuff, she'd be like, mom, dad, that's a bad word, right? That they, um, and one of the things that we do is if we curse her something and she said, that's a bad word, and she comes over, we'll give her our, her our hands and she'll smack our hands, right? What we're teaching her is more than anything else, it's mirrored respect. Respect is gained, right? Respect is earned. It's not just taken, but how many parents would probably say a bad word the kids tell them it's a bad word because they told the kid it's a bad word. But they and then they would tell the kids, like, shut up, right? It's like, I'm an adult. So when you do that, you start to take away the trust between you and that child in that relationship. Yeah. So what we're teaching her is how to have that equal trust, how to have that respect so she can listen to what mom and dad says and still respect it. If we didn't say something bad, we're also teaching her the emotional discipline as a woman to speak her mind, to speak her truth. So if we do something, she's able to come to us and we have a conversation about it. if we like it or not. I was like, you know what? You're right. I'm sorry. I'll fix it. Right. But she knows this. This is what she's learning. So as she gets older, her conviction in that gets stronger. As she gets older, she knows now how to demand from another person mm -hmm. the respect that she deserves. She doesn't right. have to cower. Right. So what we're developing is we're developing a leader. And what people will say when she gets older is like, man, she's a born leader. No, she's not. She's been developed as one. And she's taken on the mantle as a leader. She's taken that leadership because she sees it and demonstrated it by example. Now, kids, we teach them everything they know from birth to four years old is when they actually stop listening and pay attention. They only follow what they see. Yeah. So now at four years old and above, she's watching more than anything else. Her brain is developed. She's listening to what we're saying. She's seeing what we're doing. And if we tell her to do X and don't do it, that's hypocrisy. And she sees it. And if we don't correct ourselves or let her correct us, then all we're doing is building into that hypocrisy. So it's really, it's really important to keep her in the right environment, to teach her the right things, but most importantly, hold ourselves accountable to the same rules. I absolutely love that. And I think it's so important that because it's those in those formative years from birth to four years that a child develops mentally, they absorb everything. They're like sponges. Absolutely. So Dr. Obama, this has been such an amazing conversation. So enlightening. It has. Thank you. Wonderful. <laughs> and I'm so glad that, you know, we could, um, you know, share this conversation with the viewers so that, it is very important because like, and, and absolutely parents, they ignore, like you said, you know, parents, they tell the kids to shut up. Yeah. Why, why would you ignore what the child is, has said? Exactly. What happens is that the child has no filter and you pour all of this into the child, telling them this is the standard by which we're supposed to live. Mm -hmm. And then when you don't walk the straight line, you punish them for correcting you. That doesn't make sense. Exactly, it doesn't make sense. It does not make sense. <laughs> but life sometimes doesn't. And life doesn't always walk, you know, it's not always a straight line. you got to go through curves. Yeah, it's not always sunshine and rainbows. But the deal is, 
if you want a rainbow, you have to go through the rain. <laughs> it has yeah. to rain first. Well, you have to. you got to find the rain. <laughs> yeah, right? So the folks who don't like the rain is because they got caught without an umbrella. If they had an umbrella, they'd be okay, right? <laughs> and they might see the rainbow. <laughs> exactly. They might enjoy the rainbow. <laughs> exactly. They might enjoy it, and they might see that golden part. <laughs> exactly. Right? But they're so upset because they got wet by the rain, caught off guard without the umbrella, Hey, listen, enjoy the rain, run from it. Listen, you stand in a shower twice a day, or at least I do, right? Twice a day you get a shower. What's wrong with an extra one? There's nothing wrong with it, you know? Your clothes can dry. We have a dryer. <laughs> exactly. I love dancing in the rain. But, you know, this has been such an amazing conversation. And, friends, this conversation has been so amazing, so enlightening. Thank you for joining and tuning in to Ask the Experts with Alka. Today's conversation has been about mindset, challenges, adversities that you face in your life. What can you do? Do not give up on those hopes. Dr. Obam, my good friend, has been through those challenges and mm. adversities, but has amassed a lot of accomplishments, has accomplished so much today. And Dr. Obam, I want to thank you for coming on and truly enlightening us with your knowledge that what you are doing today is just absolutely phenomenal. And I just can't wait for more to come, what you and Anna are going to be doing. So I want to thank absolutely. you. Absolutely. It's my pleasure. It's such an honor to be here. And it, it's, I, I forgot how so much fun it is once we get talking, how the time can fly. So I, I appreciate right. you always. Yeah, what an engaging conversation. Thank you. Thank you. And so Dr. Obama, where can people find you? Where can they learn more about you? I, I, I've read your book, uh, Today is the Day, a phenomenal book, friends. If you, Thank you want to buy the book, Today is the Day, a phenomenal book. So Dr. Obama, where can people find you that want to get in touch? Yeah, one of the easiest ways you can sit on, um, if, if, they're, if you're an Instagrammer, you can go at Dr. Obama Bowen on Instagram um, or just Obama Bowen on Facebook, find me there. But um, theunderdogmillionaire.com is our main business website. You can go there. It tells you about all of what we do. I had such a such a blast connecting here. Um, if any of you want to connect, you can also find me on Alka's favorite uh, Facebook page. We're friends, so just find me. <laughs> there you go. There you go. I'm so fantastic, friends. We truly appreciate you watching and tuning in today's episode with Dr. Dr. Obam Bowen, a decorated Marine who has an amazing entrepreneur, amassed so much success, what he is accomplishing today. And him and his family, amazing, beautiful family and miracle, their daughter. Uh, so do stay tuned for more episodes that I'm talking to and bringing on amazing superstar entrepreneurs who are going to make who are making a difference in their lives today so stay tuned for more episodes and i look forward to talking to you soon bye for now bye everyone <laughs>